Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. I've already had a very fun day <clears throat> responding to some comments on our YouTube page was pretty fun. Yes, I'm aware that orange is a color of thong that is shown off at Bonnaroo that has nothing to do with the University of Tennessee. But there were a lot of orange thongs and it was in Tennessee, Caleb. And <clears throat> I am aware, too, that uh, the, the Bud Light woke thing is is a real thing that i should have been aware of i am ignorant at some places caleb um but i'm sticking by my there were a bunch of tennessee fans wearing orange thongs at bonnaroo i'm sticking by that do you think i'm right or wrong on that how are you today sir i can't speak because bonnaroo is so national like i know friends from maryland who went to bonnaroo i will say that like you know, not knowing about the Bud Light controversy, I wish I didn't know about it because I feel like I feel like I'm dumber for knowing about it. I know. There are some of these <laughs> controversies out there that you just you you wish you had zero idea about it. And so we had a, a lot of responses to a lot of different things we talked about yesterday. But we've got real sports, real fo- football. We're talking Cruton today on the program. Tennessee also adds an assistant coach, one of those analyst roles. We'll talk about that. He's from the NFL, so that can only help. And just how involved is Vegas going to get in sports? I'm telling you, that is just beginning. And Tennessee is projected to be the consensus number nine team in terms of ranking all teams in the nation for the next three years. Not this year. So my question, is that good enough? Also, Josh Ward will join join us as he does each and every 
Thursday. We look forward to that. His thoughts on expectations and is number nine just good enough? But first of all, Tennessee adds a commitment, and he's got a great name, by the way. The Vols add Max Anderson. This is a very significant pickup. Let me get your take first. We'll get to four downs to break down the commitment of Max Anderson out of Frisco, Texas, six foot five, 309 or so pounds, depending on if you catch him in the morning or in the evening. And this is a big pickup for a couple of different reasons. Let me first get your take, Caleb, because I've followed recruiting a long time. And other than maybe a guy named Nico, with all of the periphery of this commitment, I think it's as big as anyone that Tennessee has gotten under Josh Heupel. And I'll explain why. First, your thoughts on that statement and what do you think about the pickup? Please hit the like and subscribe button so we can open it up to more SEC and Tennessee fans. What do you got, Caleb? Yeah, I, I am absolutely with you on this. I think this is a huge pickup, a high-value national prospect who, unlike Jordan Burns, who technically was a four-star, was only, was kind of being courted by lesser schools. Max Anderson was not being courted by lesser schools, and he had connections to other schools. This is the – Dave, you talked about it at the beginning of June. These are the type of battles that if Tennessee is going to return, Heupel's got to win some of them. And winning a battle like this is a huge deal. And this is a huge pickup, and it addresses a huge need going forward that was a concern for Tennessee. There's You can't say enough good things about this pickup, except maybe Max Anderson, I think, lacks a little versatility. I think he's going to be stuck at guard. You can't really move him to tackle. And so that might be the one drawback. But, heck, how often are me covering recruiting, and you've covered it more than I have, typically the four stars or the five stars are the ones who can play tackle. So if he's getting a four-star recognition as an interior lineman, that's a huge that, – that, he's got to be a great interior lineman at that point. Yes, and for the most part, you want that versatility, a guy who can play tackle and guard, but are you going to pass up a, a, a guy that can be an elite guard? Absolutely not, especially in, in this offense. They don't do a ton of pulling, so it's basically man-on-man. And there's a lot of mauling involved in that you just got to beat the guy in front of you. A lot of that's about leverage, but a lot of that's about just pure strength. So they beat out Oklahoma, Alabama. They they beat out programs and Michigan as well. They beat out programs that are in the hunt for national titles. And that's not easy to do. Changing that reputation. So Tennessee's reputation right now in recruiting Great place to play. Um, there's a great culture. They, they they have NIL money. This is what they're selling in recruiting. They're also selling the fact that you, you probably are going to be a part of an exciting offense, especially if you're a skill position player. But now you're selling that you're going to compete with a guy like Max Anderson, and they should be able to sell that because they almost made a four-team college football playoff last year. So with Max Anderson, you're telling that young man, you're going to compete for a championship. I think this is somewhat analogous, and I know I go back in time far too often. If you go back to the Jeff Coleman class that was in 95, that was the number one team, number one class in the nation. 
um, and our Celebrate 98 series will roll on. Uh, we've got Travis Stevens coming up this weekend. But then you go to the next class, and it was every bit as good. They are convincing people like Max Anderson that you can win a national title at Tennessee, and that's the next step for the Vols if they're going to become a truly elite program. And by elite, I mean around the top five at a minimum each and every year. This is that type of cat. I can't say enough about uh, about the young man and what he brings to the table. A consensus four-star may just be a guard. You may be right, but I don't hate his feet after watching him. I don't love his feet, but I don't hate his feet. And if he, he's got good enough feet to play tackle in a pinch, I think, but he's probably a guard. You're right, but I mean, what's what's wrong with a, a massive guard who can move people in the interior of the offensive line? And remember this, too, with the splits, Tennessee doesn't have a lot of help. A lot of times it's one-on-one. So they're going to have to get these sort of guys. And you go into uh, Texas and pick up a guy. Tennessee hasn't had a great history in their prospects from Texas, but I, I kind of think that's just coincidence. Um, and there's no reason to think Max Anderson – can't be on the field in 2024 and can't potentially be a starter in 2025. I believe he can. Yeah. And it's also a selling point for Tennessee that the past two years, they've had an offensive tackle go in the first round, an offensive guard, Cade Mays, who did play tackle at Tennessee, but still he plays offensive guard in the NFL guard in the NFL. Actually. No, I think he did. I think he did play guard at Tennessee as last year. Either way, he's drafted as a guard. He was drafted in 2022 So you've seen two offensive linemen get drafted from Tennessee, and you're starting to see not only are you being convinced that they can win a national title, but you're also being convinced that even as an offensive lineman, you can thrive in this offense and in this system. And that's a big deal. And I think that – I think this is – you're right. This is the type of battles they need to win, and there's no reason to think Max Anderson can't have a good impact. And quite honestly, because Heupel's running game is so crucial to to running his splits that he does – Tenant guard guards never more important than tackle. Don't get me wrong, it, it, but I would say that guards are a little bit more important in Tennessee's offense than a lot of other offenses because of those quick draws they run. No, I agree. And there was another guy that coming out of high school, I would have said is probably a guard. Okay, I, I, I underestimated his athleticism, and that's a guy named Darnell Wright. And I wonder how much Darnell Wright going as high as he did in the draft helps get a guy like Max Anderson. And that's that's pretty significant. You turn him into not only a very good offensive lineman, but a guy that can play left tackle, a guy that can play right tackle, a guy with versatility. Yes, he came to the table with a ton of physical ability. He might have been Tennessee's best natural athlete pound for pound last year. But how much do you think Darnell Wright getting some pub in the NFL draft and going as high as he did helped land a guy like Max Anderson? I think a lot. Oh, absolutely a lot. And don't forget this with Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright was roughly Max Anderson's size when he committed. And he put on the 30 pounds. And the thing that made Darnell Wright so intriguing was he maintained his athleticism when he put on that weight. We have no idea if Max Anderson can maintain his athleticism, athleticism if he puts on that weight. If he puts on 30 pounds and he's still as quick as he is now, then he is a tackle. Then he is a versatile lineman who can play anywhere. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. Um, It's it's a... It's the biggest pickup for Tennessee that's not named Nico. Is that yeah. going too far out on a limb? I kind of thought I might get some a little bit of pushback from you, but are you good with that? 
No, I'm, I'm totally on your side. I was with you from the start for the 2024 class. Absolutely. Um, I, I got to go back to the 2023 class um, and do a little more research, but I can't think of anybody. So no, I, I'm with you. The past two classes. Yeah. Max Anderson's the biggest pickup for Tennessee. By far. And I'm definitely not counting uh, transfers. Yeah. Definitely not counting transfers like Thornton and, and all that stuff that I'm talking straight out of high school, which is where this program needs to grow. So let's do a little bit of four downs with Max Anderson. It's brought to you by our friends at craft treats. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I definitely am ordering craft treats soon because I don't think I've shared with the audience that I lost my dog about three weeks ago and I've got the itch. I've got to get a dog. And it's going to be a puppy, so it's going to need the chill pills. The chill pills are going to relax it because it has the CBD derivative. Go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook, and you get 20% off. The chill pills will help with digestive issues, arthritis, anxiety that puppies have. Like, what is this home I'm in? They will help with that. Crafttreats.com, 20% promo code with off the hook, non-CBD products as well. And they are phenomenally awesome. So let's go ahead and get to it for downs. The one, the only Cooper Mays leads us into four downs, which you think about it makes absolutely no sense because he's not calling downs. He's the center. The quarterback usually does that. But to me, that's what makes it funny. Coop, what down? Coop here. First down. Thank you, Cooper. I appreciate that. First down is this. Biggest of the three recent commitments. How would you rank them? I think we agree that Anderson is number one. I've got Boo two, Burns three. You? I I mean, I'm right there with you. It's it's exactly that order. Now, I'm going to split the baby a little bit. King Solomon reference. I am going to... I'm going to go... Sorry. sorry. That's officially uh, my favorite reference uh, that you made. <laughs> go, go ahead. The King Solomon um, reference. I'm going to say where Max Anderson and Boo Carter are a bit different. The world would have ended if Tennessee didn't get Boo Carter. I mean, that is a, you raise your panic button immediately. You don't raise your panic button by not getting Max Anderson, but you celebrate a lot more by getting him. So I, here's what I compare it to. It's we're on four downs. You're at a last minute drive. Boo Carter's the fourth down conversion. If you don't convert this fourth down, you lose the game period. Max Anderson's the game winning touchdown. And that's, I mean, that's how this goes. If you don't score on that play, you may score again, but it's still the game-winning touchdown. So it's the crucial play. I like it. Coop, second down. Cooper Mays here. Second down. How much will he play in 2024? Max Anderson specifically? Yes. In 2024, I think he'll be a rotational player by the middle of the season, but not a starter. And I agree with that. We're not supposed I, to agree this much. Yeah, so tell you know more about this, Dave, than I. It, if he is playing guard as we expect, you there's not as much to learn at guard as there is at tackle, right? Uh, for, with the way Tennessee does it, where they start you on one side, it's not as difficult. I, it was really difficult with Philip Fulmer because you had to be able to play both guard positions to be in any sort of rotation. So that the footwork is completely mirrored, Dave Clawson. So no, I mean I th I, th I think he could play. Um, I, I, but I agree with you. I think he's a rotational player by the middle of the season. 
Uh, let's get to third down. Who did the balls dupe? Because you made a reference to it. Third down, Coop. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. I think they duped Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma probably offered his brother, Nate Anderson, who has played very sparingly. And it was one of those two for one deals. Here's a reference that you weren't expecting Dell Baker, Vincent Yarbrough. Now, Dell Baker ended up being a very good player, but they didn't think nobody thought so at the time. Um, but don't be surprised if Nate Anderson transfers at some point and you may get a uh, two for one. So I think the ball is duped Oklahoma, but you could certainly argue Texas as well, Caleb. Yeah. And Nate Anderson. To be fair, uh, Nate Anderson was a four-star across the board when he committed back in 2020, but he didn't have Max Anderson. He didn't have his brother size. So I think Max Anderson was the bigger prize of the two. And so, yeah, they absolutely do Oklahoma. Totally agree. I think that was an early offer to get an okay guy to end up getting his brother, who is a really good guy. And lastly, fourth down, Coop. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Where does this put the balls moving forward in recruiting? I don't think it changes much. I think that they need another one or two Max Andersons. I think they need another uh, one or two Elijah Simmons. I think that up front on both sides of the ball is where they need to continue to focus. And so I don't think it cha- I don't think this one commitment changes much in terms of Tennessee's focus. I s- still think it's the big cats they need up front. Yes, I agree. They still need more work. We, we said yesterday, funny enough, before this happened, we said offensive line was where they need to focus and they need three to four high profile offensive linemen. And so they're one fourth of the way there. And so they need a, they need a little bit more help. I, I, I totally agree with you, but I mean, this is a great start. And also we got to give Glenn Alarby credit. Max Anderson committed because Alarby got in early on Anderson before anybody else was offering back in 2022. And I think, you know, we've questioned, Heupel's staff's ability to evaluate talent, but they're getting a lot of these commitments. If you notice, they've it's they've committed because Tennessee got in on them early before they were noticed. Yep, and at some point they don't have to continue to do that, but they do now. I mean, right. at some point you can just roll in and you can say it's January. You're getting ready to commit in three or four months. Tennessee is the place you should be, but right now. Uh, they still have to do that. Hey, look at my guy, uh, Raleigh, saying, good morning, everyone. It's time for Daily Vol News with the two best morning hosts. That's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. All right, so let's continue to take a look at uh, what this means for recruiting in general because the SEC is not as well represented in the top 10 in recruiting as you might think, which is a bit surprising to me. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. What the H? What's happening with the SEC? I'm going to explain. Georgia, number one. Michigan, number two. Florida, number three. Ohio State, number four. This is the recruiting rankings for the 2024 class. Notre Dame, number five. Penn State is six, LSU seven, Oregon at eight, Stanford at nine, Tennessee in at number 10. So if my math is correct, and tell me if it's not, you have four schools, including Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, and Florida in the top 10. What does that mean for recruiting Right now, 
in in the nationwide scope because typically you'll see four in the top seven or eight and another couple to round out the top 10. What do you think this means for the SEC? Is the rest of the country catching up or is this just a blip on the radar? Caleb, your thoughts. So, and for context, before before people jump all over me, the SEC still leads every other school, every other conference. The Big Ten is second with three teams in the top ten. I think it means a couple of things. One, we everything we say is a grain of salt and fluid because this is so premature because Alabama is not going to finish outside of the top 20. They're going to get into the top 10. Like you talked about, they can wait. They can wait and evaluate how they need to. And then that Alabama offer is so strong that they're going to move up. But what I do think this means, I do think this is a trend. And I've talked about this for a while with the Big Ten TV contracts. There's a lot more money that the Big Ten is going to have to throw around with from their boosters on NIL and on their recruiting budgets. And you're seeing that right now because Michigan at number two, Ohio State at number four, Penn State at number six, those three schools aren't going anywhere. And just behind Tennessee, by the way, USC at number 11 and Minnesota at number 12 and USC is going to be in the big 10. So that's why I mentioned them Stanford. They're a throwaway. I think this is just kind of, they've loaded up on some high rated three-star talent with a new head coach, Troy Taylor, who came from Sacramento state, but they're not going to, that's not going to last. But I do think this is a trend where the big 10 is going to start catching up to to the sec in recruiting because of the recruiting, because of the budgets they're going to have. And that's, that is a, that is something – if you're the SEC as a whole, you may it may raise a red fra- flag. If you're an SEC school, you might be happy about that. Because now being in the top ten mm, doesn't mean you're in the bottom half. Out. The S- yeah, it's more spread out. Okay. So you don't have to worry about as much competition. Uh, that's, that's a good point. I'm going to put Travis's comment up here because I want to address it. But first, uh, he, he's talking about killing it in recruiting. So I want to leave that up there because with my ADD, I'll forget it. Um, let's take a look at that top 10 again and, and put and put some things in perspective. So Georgia is still number one. They have 20 commitments. Now, that we, we use the Go Vols uh, 24-7 or 24-7 sports because they combine all of them. And you have Michigan at number 22 at two. two. They have 22 commitments. You have Florida with 16 commitments at three. So as a whole, their average is higher. They have two five-star guys. Ohio state is four. Now I'm not knocking their class because they've just got 14 commitments and two five-stars and 10 four-stars. The rest of them though, could be explained away just by numbers. Notre Dame has 20 commitments. LSU, I'm sorry, Penn State has 18. Now, LSU has 18 as well. Um, But then you have Stanford with 23. So naturally, when you add all the numbers up, you're going to have a higher number in their rating. Tennessee, for instance, has 14 commitments. They could get on the phone this afternoon and call four three-stars and get up into the top five because that's the way the numbers add up. They don't want to do that. Why would they want to do that? Let's wait out. If if I were them, I'd wait out for the four and five star guys, but they truly could do that. So if you look at Notre Dame, who has 20 commitments and their commitments are always overvalued. Same thing for Michigan, who has 22 commitments. And then I would say Stanford with 23 commitments. They only have five, four stars. They don't have a single five star. Tennessee has nine 
four stars. So to me, this is the numbers and the way they're shaking out right now. If, if you ask me, where would I put Tennessee based off having nine uh, four-star commitments? They're going to be above Stanford. They're going to be above Oregon. And I know Oregon has 11 four-star commitments, but I just like Southeastern kids more uh, for the most part. And I think there's some overvaluing there. You know, we could go through this whole list, but Tennessee to me has more along the lines of a top six or seven class somewhere along that. Now I'm, I'm not nitpicking and I'm not playing Homer here. I know a lot of people that watch the show think we're just huge homers. That's what I really believe. I, I think Tennessee will end up based off what I'm seeing right now, reading the tea leaves with a top seven or so class. That's very doable. Now they have to be in the top five eventually, but top five wouldn't surprise me after the Max Anderson commitment. It would not surprise me at all. And that would be, monstrously significant now travis says this is why i left it up because i want to get back to it because i had to switch screens he said my goodness we're killing it and recruiting how much more do we have to do to get in the top five that somewhat i think answers your question and that tennessee is just in great shape right now and if they wanted to pick up five three stars they could be number one by the end of the business day but they're not going to do that caleb they don't need to do that and I think Tennessee is in fantastic shape at 10 with a whole slew of four stars. I don't think they trade where they are for, for any amount of money right now. Yeah. I, I, I would argue Tennessee has the effect. There should be recruiting ranking, recruiting rankings and effective recruiting rankings. And so I would say Tennessee has the effective number seven class. I think Georgia clear cut ahead of Tennessee, Florida clear cut ahead of Tennessee, Ohio state clear cut ahead of Tennessee. No debate with those three, right? Yes, no, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, yeah, and so I think where you get a little murky, I, I kind of disagree with you. I'm going to keep Oregon ahead of Tennessee only because while I think a lot of West Coast kids are overrated, I'm with you. I, I also think a lot of Texas and Middle Tennessee kids are overrated, and Tennessee has they, – they built a recruiting class off kids from there. So, I mean, I could go both ways with that. Um, the two that are below Tennessee right now, there's two that, that are below Tennessee that I would actually move ahead of Tennessee. One is USC. They have 12 commits and nine four-stars. So Tennessee's only ahead of them because of total number of commitments. And the one that's clear-cut, I mean, honestly, Clemson should have a top-five class right now. They got seven commit. I mean, they got 11 commits. Seven are four-stars and two are five-stars. So, I mean, that's an effective top-five class. So I would put Clemson and USC, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oregon ahead of Tennessee. I would not put Michigan ahead of Tennessee, believe it or not. I mean, 13 four-stars on 22 commits, I think is, I just don't think that's that impressive. So where do you think Tennessee ends up? Brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. He has the best service, the best prices in the biz. That's andymasonrealestate.com. Go there, buy your next home or sell your home currently. If you need to make a real estate move, don't lose thousands or tens of thousands of dollars by going with the wrong realtor. AndyMasonRealEstate.com, over 40 years of experience in his office in the real estate biz. So do you think Tennessee ends up in the top five, yeah or nay? No, they end up in the top seven. But top seven with Josh Heupel's scheme is all where Tennessee needs to end up to be able to compete with the, with the, with the top dogs. So, Gotcha. Josh, 
is with us, Josh Ward. Josh, I'm absolutely the worst host in the world. My apologies. Give me two minutes because I am way late. We'll be back with you. Josh Ward had a great column on offthehooksports.com about how expectations are high, but pretty much on the money. And the fact that Tennessee's in the conversation of being in the college football playoff and just Josh Heifel's third year is pretty strong. Two minutes, Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, here we go. Josh Ward. Josh, my apologies. I'm running late. It's just sketchy rookie mistake. I mean, you know me better. I've never run late before. Ever. You're right. I know you better or worse, depending on how you want to describe that. It's all good. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, before we get to your column, which was fantastic, it's on offthehooksports.com. Max Anderson, big pickup. Got to get those big guys up front. Line of scrimmage, offensive line recruiting for the future is one of the biggest questions or has been. This helps answer part of that. Tennessee is on a bit of a recruiting run here with Jordan Burns a couple of days ago. And before that, Boo Carter. And Tennessee is hoping these next few weeks, uh, I would say the next six weeks or so leading up to the start of fall camp, are very productive. And their skill position players Tennessee needs to land. That's going to be a big priority, especially with a former commit, J.J. Harrell, headed somewhere else right now at wide receiver. They've got to get guys up front. So landing Max Anderson and beating out a future SEC school in Oklahoma is an important part of that. Josh, I feel like there are times in this Josh Heupel rebuild that kind of have to check ourselves. I mean, it's not all supposed to fall into place and be as easy as it's looked at times. And your column was essentially pointing that out, that if we're having the conversation two years ago that Tennessee is actually in a discussion to make the college football playoff, especially at four teams, you would have probably slapped me and said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. To be in that discussion is a major, major step in in the right direction. If you can just kind of talk about that and, and your column, because nobody thought Tennessee would be here uh, in late June 2023. Yeah, I think my point there was to think about what we are saying. So I let off saying Tennessee probably won't win the national title which I think most people are going to agree with. Most people outside of Knoxville for sure are going to agree with that. But if I just say, uh, if you if you ask me, hey, what do you think about Tennessee's national title hopes this year? Can they get it done this year? And I said, oh, probably not. That doesn't sound very exciting, right? But if I'm saying probably not instead of no way, well, that's a lot better. The fact that we're having the conversation changes things. Uh, one reason I thought of this is I just uh, I came across a story that was pointing back to close to a decade ago when Elon Musk said that he thought that Tesla would fail when he took over the company about 15 years ago. He thought that it would fail. It did the opposite of that. It helped him become, uh, at least at one point, the richest person in the world. He thought that the company that he was leading would fail. And I pointed out as well that Josh Heibold doesn't expect failure, probably. I mean, if, if I said, hey, do you think you'll win the national title if he's giving an honest answer? then the answer is probably no, just because of the daunting task that it is. But Tennessee has a shot. And going into the season, it's the first time that we've talked about Tennessee having a real shot at winning the national title in more than 15 years. This time a year ago, we weren't talking about Tennessee having a real shot at winning the national title. Once we got into the middle of the season, we thought, okay, maybe they do have some kind of chance. But off-season conversation, it's been a long time. It used to be an annual topic but that's been a long time ago uh, by the way elon musk who i was hoping you'd work that in has now said he's willing to take on mark zuckerberg in an mma fight who would pay a lot of money for that dave's raising his hand if you're on the audio platform yeah zuckerberg would injure each other kill him by the way <laughs> zuckerberg would kill him kill him yeah oh, zuckerberg a tough guy yeah, he's he's like a, a major workout guy. He just did the Murph a few weeks ago in like a near record time. He he oh. has invested all this all this money that he has into being a bit of a workout warrior. So I, I don't know about all of his fight training, but 
considering the shape that he's in, his age, it, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be competitive if it's a fair fight. Oh, man, I didn't know that. I was all yeah, people just think of probably just think of him as some computer nerd sitting at his sitting in his dorm room in Harvard from having watched the social network. That's not Mark Zuckerberg at all. No, he would he would destroy most people. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. If Elon Musk was a coach in the SEC, which coach would he be? Um, well, he'd probably be a blend of coaches, but kind of a blend of Jimbo and Kirby. Jimbo and Kirby. Yeah, because he, okay, I could see that. The bad hair with Kirby. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, so Elon is obviously wildly successful, right? But he also has a personality that is different from most people with that kind of success, at least that he shows publicly through Twitter which he's now in charge of. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough one with the SEC uh, because a lot of coaches don't want to show any kind of personality. Jimbo held a press conference where he went at God, as he called Nick Saban. <laughs> so that's why I worked Jimbo into the into the comparison. All right, Caleb. Y'all are, both, y'all are both wrong, by the way. It's absolutely Lane Kiffin. Like, ooh, that's really good. It's absolutely Lane Kiffin. Talks, uh, that, so, yeah, talks, Lane, you're right. Lane should be a part of the comparison for sure, especially if we're talking about the Twitter aspect. Because because um, speaking-wise, Lane doesn't show a lot of personality. His is with his thumbs. I don't think he's as comfortable with it publicly. But Twitter, where Elon is is based, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Elon's a lot more successful than Lane is, much as I think of Lane as an offensive coach. Yeah, and Zuckerberg would be? Caleb? Zuckerberg be a quiet coach. Maybe we need to revisit that one. He's a quiet coach who stole everybody else's ideas and got successful off it. I mean, both Elon and Zuckerberg stole people's (laughs) ideas, but still. Um, Um, uh, Well, I wrote the column based off Elon's quote, so I kind of stole the idea too. I can't, uh, I can't throw any. (laughs) So, so Josh, do you get the sense because you 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 talked to a ton of uh, fans, and do you get the sense that? people would be disappointed if Tennessee wasn't at least knocking on the door of a four-team college football playoff this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're around a six, seven, eight, I think you should still be happy, but you're replacing a quarterback and all that. But do you get the sense that people would not be happy? Well, uh, I think, I think most people probably want to be in that conversation entering November because the Georgia game is not until November 18th. It's funny how this conversation that we're having today will be different a year from now as we approach the 12-team playoff. But it's a 14-team playoff discussion right now to determine a national champion. So if Tennessee's out of the conversation before we get to November, yeah, I think a good amount of people would be disappointed. I mean, that that means you're projected to go 9-3 and three at best at that point, which would be solid, in my opinion. That's only one game back from where you were a year ago with a Heisman contender and a Blitnikoff winner and a top 10 pick on the offensive line. But the conversation's changed, uh, which is a good thing for Tennessee. Again, that, that's the point of this. But yeah, if Tennessee, if Tennessee goes into November and they're already out of the playoff conversation realistically, I think that would disappoint a lot of people. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I think that Zuckerberg is kiffing because of the social awkwardness. Go ahead, Caleb. Sorry. Well, Elon yeah, Musk just, is more social. Th- th- these are two. These are two real winners. Kiffin doesn't w- say. At some point, Saban has to enter the conversation just because of all of his success. He's a. I mean, there is the video that came out from I guess Christmas time with him and the 
the VR boxing. So I don't know how that factors into the tech part of this. But at some point, Saban has to be included in the comparison because of the winning. Yes. Who invented MySpace? Because I can tell you Tom. who that would be. That yeah, Tom. Would be... Oh, who? Tom. Yeah, his name was Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom. Now now he's like a world-class photographer. And by the way, he's not he, – he would not be Beamer, Dave. You're wrong. Tom's one of the smartest people ever. He invented this, and then he sold the thing for $500 million before it tanked, and no one comes at him. He's sitting in his mansion laughing at, like, Elon and Zuckerberg trying to be liked by everybody. So you're saying Beamer's stupid? I mean – Okay. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – the dramatic pause. All right, continue, Calhoun. Let's get straightened up here. Josh, uh, I wanted to bolster your article a little bit. Uh, I, I did some digging, funny enough, on my own. And Tennessee, for those who don't know, since their 1951 national title, has only had five preseason top five rankings since then. 96, 97, 99, 2002, and 2005. None of those years did they win the national title, by the way. It was 98. And, but most of the years when they were in their heyday in the majors, former years, it was top 10. So would you say one to five is like you expect to win the national title, but six to 10 is you probably won't, but it's not crazy if you do. And would you say that's kind of where Tennessee is, which wouldn't that mean that they're right back where they were in their heyday? Yeah, close to it. Uh, 98, what were they? Uh, did you mention it there? But I think they were in that 11 to 12 range. I think they were just outside the top 10. Was it, uh, I thought it was ten. Was it eleven? Maybe, maybe they were. T- maybe they were ten. Um, but so yeah. So either way, you know, there's no real difference there. That's about where this team is. Probably ranked a little bit below there when the polls come out. My guess would be in the twelve to fifteen or sixteen range. Total guess. Um, but that's about where Tennessee is, which is about where Tennessee was when they were at their best. So yeah, they're they're a part of that conversation. Now you just need to show that you can keep doing it, and you have to recruit at a higher level to realistically be where Georgia and Alabama are and maybe where LSU is or where it's been previously when they're competing for titles. They just had so many players. And Tennessee put together a good 23 recruiting class. You guys were just talking about what they could get done in 2024. And if you continue to stack that, then you have the ability, as long as you keep your coaching staff together in terms of Josh Heupel and the strength program and all that, you're going to have coaches come and go. But sustain that then you can really build something because Kirby did a really good job early on, but it took several years and he had to answer several questions about whether he could actually win the big one. So uh, expecting it right now would be unfair. Pointing out that Tennessee is in the mix right now. If you go by win totals, Tennessee is tied with LSU in most spots. It might be different in some, but at nine and a half wins. Only two schools are better right now. Georgia and Alabama. That's another statement of where Tennessee is. Now they just have to go out there and prove that what they did last year uh, can be repeated or at least close to it in terms of winning a bunch of games, being competitive in all of them. That would be the goal. And then you hope that you get enough breaks that go your way. Want to get your take on this? It's today's tough question because there's a national media outlet that believes that Tennessee will be a national power for the foreseeable future. Today's tough question is now, and it's brought to you by Zen Sports. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, so ESPN does this future ratings, Josh, where they say that uh, Tennessee will be a number nine team over the next three years. So it's not just this year. Obviously, it's not 
2024. It's not 2025, but it's number nine over the next three years. This may or may not be new. I haven't seen this before, but I find it very interesting. So today's tough question is number nine consensus. When we average them together at the end of each and every year, will they be nine better or worse after three years? The end of the year average of where they finish. Uh, I will say better. Okay. I'll say better with uh, recruiting uh, the offense and quarterback play of what I expect it to be. All right. Caleb, what about you? I'm with Josh. I'm going to say better. And the biggest reason I'm going to say better is a couple of the teams that are ahead of Tennessee in this. Looking at you, Clemson, I don't think we'll be ahead of Tennessee long term. But by the same token, Josh, again, do we get back to the conversation of we are setting the bar very high? Nine would not be bad for anybody not named Georgia, right? Yeah, the only programs that should be disappointed by that off the top of my head would be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. LSU has a higher expectation than that, I'd say, with Brian Kelly being higher and just what that program has done and what it's capable of. Um yeah, I don't. I mean, other than that, like you know, Michigan back-to-back playoffs. So maybe them USC with Lincoln Riley. It's it's there aren't nine schools. I guess would be my point. So if if Tennessee's in that position, I think that's terrific. If that's where it is, and it's because of a seven or eight finish, a nine finish, an eleven or twelve finish, that would be tremendous consistency. You might find disappointment at the end of that three-year run, but I, I think that's a tremendous prediction for Tennessee. It sounds like Josh, what you, what you're saying. I I don't want to put words in your mouth. That Tennessee right now, and this could change, but Tennessee right now is a second-tier championship-level team. You mentioned four or five teams that absolutely Mm -hmm. they would be disgusted with nine. But there are a group of schools that are kind of in that second tier that should be happy with that. Is that fair to say? I think so. Um, Now, the ultimate goal is to win a title. Like What Tennessee did last year is terrific, but part of that is because of where Tennessee – had been leading up to it. If we go back to that 95 to 99 run, and even several years after that, the expectations for Tennessee football were to compete for a title and then go win one. And after 98, they weren't able to go win one again. And it became more frustrating. You remember the contract that Philip Fulmer had going into 2008, where he got an automatic one-year extension if you won eight games. And at the time, there were a lot of people that were upset by that and you know what happened in 08. But think about what's happened since then and how many seasons fans would have loved to have been able to go eight and four and then try to build on that. So the way you view things can change. Over the next few years, fans are going to expect more, which is understandable. Josh Heupel, over the next few years, expects to do more. He expects to win a national title. He's done it. He knows what it takes. He wants to do it again. He wants to do it as the head coach. He wants to lead Tennessee there. But expectations change depending on results, which means the opinion of those results change after the fact. If Tennessee doesn't win 11 games, let's say Tennessee's best season is 10-3 and three over the next three years. You can have a lot of disappointed people because of what Tennessee did in 2022. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would turn down a uh, like a, a 13, a 14, and a 1, which would yeah. average out to 9. <laughs> so nobody's going to turn that down if yeah. that included a national title, right? Sure, yeah. How, how do you 
how do you get there is part of it. Um, but it, let, let's say over the next three years, Tennessee doesn't have better than a 10 and two regular season. They do have one playoff appearance in the 12 team playoff. And I don't, I don't know what they need to do there, but they don't win the title. So they don't have any sec titles and they don't have a national title at the end of the next three years. A lot of people will be happy. Not everybody though. Interesting. Uh, Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares on Zen Sports. What you see is what you get with our cash rewards program. You get a lot of cash for a welcome bonus. Earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED. That's right. Unlimited 5% cash back. Keep betting. Keep earning with 3% cash back on your betting volume every month after that. And refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports is bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. Zen Sports. Caleb? Josh, when we're talking about where Tennessee is going to be over the next few years, obviously recruiting comes into play. I told Dave the last segment, I don't know if you had heard if you had heard this yet, but I said, I don't think Tennessee, I, yes, Tennessee has to recruit at a certain level, but I don't think they have to be top three to five every year because they are the type of team that, like Spurrier with Florida the 90s, has a coach who's going to give them a schematic edge that can overcome maybe not being top three. Where do you stand on that? Do they still need to recruit right there on the level with Georgia? Or do you think with Josh Heupel, they can maybe be just just a, just a tad below and then out-scheme Georgia to win? Yeah, I think you're probably right uh, overall if you're looking at recruiting rankings in a recruiting class because of what Tennessee can be offensively. My guess is that Josh Heupel will keep that going and that Tennessee will continue to play at an elite level on the offensive end. If that's wrong, then we're all wrong in terms of what Tennessee is going to be over the next few years. The exception, I would say, in terms of how high of a level they need to recruit is along the line of scrimmage. I don't think there is an exception there when you're going up against Georgia, Alabama, the best teams that you will play to try to win a national title, and that starts in the SEC. Look at what Jalen Carter did last year in the Tennessee-Georgia game. He wrecked Tennessee's offensive line, and it was he's there's a reason, despite his off-field issues, he's a top-10 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Hendon Hooker and uh, Jalen Hyatt were terrific against Alabama. But do they win that game without Darnell Wright? If they have an average right tackle instead of Darnell? In my opinion, no. And I don't think there's a chance. So they they need to recruit at a very high level. Tennessee has a they, – they have good offensive linemen. They have some guys on the defensive line. They need more of them. You, you need as many guys as you can find. You need a, a game-changing player on the defensive line. You don't have to have a bunch of top 10 picks at tackle uh, and uh, across the offensive line. But Tennessee needs more of those guys. Look at Cooper Mays, who uh, is a part of what, what goes on here at Off the Hook Sports. He is so important at center. If he is injured, there's a ton of concern of what happens if he's unavailable. So you need more guys that you know you can count on on the offensive line. So recruiting at that position will be so important. That's why landing battles for players like Max Anderson is so important because Tennessee staff said, we got to have this guy. They went out and got him. So they need more of those type of players. It's actually in his contract, him and Jacob, he's not allowed to get injured. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, uh, Jacob's a fair guy. You don't have to worry about him. That's right. There was a moment. I can't remember the game. My wife and I are watching it, and they both got banged up within six plays. And my wife just goes, "Oh my lord!" 
Speaking of that, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Can I jump in and just ask, because we have Josh here, and this is a thought I brought up to Dave yesterday. Josh, I've been very I, – I, Dave knows I have a track record of saying middle Tennessee recruits have been overrated the past 10 years, and national recruits have just consistently been overrated in recruiting rankings, and the numbers back me up on that. I, is there a new trend, though, of Knoxville and East Tennessee recruits being massively underrated? I mean, Tennessee's, like, churning out some real talent from the Knox Catholics and the Farragut Academies and the Powell High Schools right now. Oh, here goes Josh talking about his admirals. It's boats and soccer and soccer and boats and a little bit of football. Go ahead, Josh. Well, all of that, in fact. Uh, that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you want to diversify the portfolio. Farragut uh, approaches the same. Uh, to Caleb's point, I think a lot of times we've seen offensive linemen, and there have been a few from Farragut that have been kind of overlooked, and it's a difficult position to try to evaluate because a lot of times you're talking about guys that are 260 to 280 pounds and how are they going to grow and how will they develop but uh Farragut has had guys Tyson Claybo this is years ago but then Nathan Gillum who's now with the Cincinnati Bengals went to Farragut went to Wake Jacob was his older brother that went to Tennessee uh Catholics produced a lot of talent Catholic has done a really good job and will continue to do that uh, Amari Rogers wasn't necessarily underrated Tennessee just couldn't uh get him to Knoxville he wanted to go away uh T Higgins at one point wanted to go to to Tennessee fans are probably not interested in me bringing him up now but he was a highly touted guy uh, I think across the state middle Tennessee Knoxville Chattanooga the west end of the state has always produced talent I think that that will just continue there are a bunch of Nashville guys that uh, Nashville and Murfreesboro that Tennessee has uh, coveted that includes this 2024 class so I think that will continue to be a priority people are moving to the state of Tennessee so there will be more athletes that I think uh, that are available for Tennessee to try to go after. That's not going to be an entire class. You have to recruit Georgia, the Carolinas, everywhere. But uh, Tennessee's producing more talent, and that includes the Knoxville and East Tennessee area for sure. Are we all, going back to Josh's column, are we all on board saying that it would be somewhat of a disappointment if Tennessee didn't make a 12-team playoff, not this year because they don't have it, but the next two years? Is yes. that where we are? Yeah, so if Tennessee misses the playoff in both 2024 and 2025? No, no I'm taking it a step further if they just miss one. Oh, so they've got to make both. Yes. Well, uh, in that particular season, yes, I think that would be a disappointment. Uh, for the state of the program, no. Assuming we're not talking about they missed it because they went 7-5. and five. So um, I would say that's an in-the-moment disappointment. Like Tennessee basketball losing to Duke. Oh, sorry, losing to FAU after beating Duke. That was disappointing for sure because they had a chance to go to the Final Four, but that didn't mean the season was a disappointment to me. Same with losing to LSU in the World Series. That's a disappointing loss. Now, again, they were there, so that's not exactly what you're saying. But uh, a year ago, Tennessee baseball, uh, they they uh, they missed the World Series being maybe the best team ever. They didn't make the World Series. Hugely disappointing, not for the program. So I, I think that's what we're talking about. But, uh, yeah, if, if a couple years go by and they haven't made either, that for sure will be disappointing and might bring up different conversations about where things are with Tennessee. Wow. Josh, great stuff. Uh, be sure and lock the doors when you leave Area 51 because I'm not sure where you are right now, but it looks a little, <laughs> it looks a little spooky. So uh, don't forget to lock the doors. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to lock myself in here. Where, if I run are, into Martin. where are you? Are you at the radio station or home? Uh, yeah, I'm at the, the station in the studio. Okay. Well, tell everybody I said, Hey, yeah. Be careful if you run into Mark Zuckerberg out there. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm scared to death suddenly of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but Josh was Josh is storing all the classified documents that all these different politicians stole in <laughs> there in that I room mean, right there. <laughs> how, how awful would that be to a guy who's worth billions and is smarter than you just to beat your rear too? <laughs> like I'm I'm less of a man all of a sudden. Well, that's why I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to make the same mistake that you obviously would have if I hadn't given you the heads up. I say what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Cooper. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be okay. Bring Cooper and Jacob, just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. Thank you, Josh, the Farragut Admiral who loves soccer boats and wrote a fantastic column on offthogsports.com. Thank you, sir. You got it. Thank you. Listen to him noon to three on the Sports Animal. He's the best. We love Josh Ward. We certainly appreciate his time. And I say you're going to enjoy this time coming up because we're going to talk about Tennessee's newest hire on their coaching staff and also an interesting take by Josh Pate should the college football playoff committee use Vegas odds to determine schedule strength and I'm not sure that I hate it like I thought I might stay tuned two minutes off the hook sports he's Caleb Calhoun I am Dave Hooker and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'm just doing six of my sauce, 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. What was funny about Cadis, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. It's so interesting to me to see how involved and intertwined Las Vegas and gambling has gotten with sports, and I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. And it's kind of taken a step further in that Vegas could make some of the decisions, possibly. At least that's what Josh Pate has suggested. So we can go ahead and get to that right now because – he has a theory as to how the NCAA should seed or place teams based off what the what Vegas says. And and let's be honest, we all talk about point spreads. This this team is a four or five point point spread. But really, Caleb, at the end of the day, Vegas knows who's going to win most games because those are called the money lines. And you and I do too. But Vegas is really good at it. Uh, scary good at it. If they say Team X is going to be is favored by two, then typically Team X wins. I, and and those can be close games. Uh, th- their money line is is pretty spot on. And honestly, I'll give you a little bit of insight as to the way I pick my NCAA tournament bracket. I use the money line because a lot of times you'll have a what a six and a uh, seven, eight, uh, you'll have a uh, six and a nine or a six and a 10, right? Excuse me. I'm, seven uh, and 10, seven and 10 or six seven, and 11. Sorry, seven and 10 or a six and 11 for that matter, play each other when actually the lower seeded team is the favorite according to Vegas. So they have more insight or at least they have a different agenda than the NCAA when it comes to seeding these teams. So Josh Pate has an idea of utilizing Vegas and their input and to some decisions that the NCAA makes. So let's, I'm going to share this screen here and let's get to Josh Pay, who does a great job on Late Kick. Here are his thoughts. See, right now, if you're eight and four and I play you, I probably don't get credit for a good win because you're probably not ranked in the top 25. And therefore, when the committee looks, you don't count as a top 25 win for me. But what if your four losses? came against top 10 teams well theoretically you could be the 11th best team in the country and be eight and four again that's that's an extreme example but theoretically that could be the case well vegas doesn't get fooled by that stuff no they don't get fooled by that stuff and i don't think they got they get caught up caught they get caught up into that so do you see this being a real possibility caleb that Vegas could be used to make a lot of decisions, including who makes the college football playoff, including who is the home team or the buy team for the college football playoff. Because at the end of the day, they are the experts. That's why there's huge buildings built in Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on Vegas getting more involved? I am in full agreement with Josh Pate on this. And for those who don't know, this was a response 
to Nick Saban, who we both criticized yesterday for saying that his team should have been in the college football playoff because Vegas said it. I don't think Vegas should be used to determine home field advantage or who gets in the playoff. Because as Josh Pate said, at some point, results have to matter. Regardless of what you think, results have to matter on the field. And however, when you're judging schedule strength, that's where you can use it because as he said, sometimes beating an eight and four team is a much more impressive win than beating an 11 and one team. And even though the 11 and one team would be ranked much higher in the AP poll or the coaches poll or the college football playoff ranking, that eight and four team may have more impressive losses. And at that point, when you're using schedule strength, you are getting much more subjective. I'm sorry, guys, but schedule strength, the RPI tried this for years. There was no effective way to make schedule strength completely mathematical and formulaic. You have to be subjective with schedule strength. And Vegas is the most objective, subjective way to, or subjective, objective way to determine schedule strength because they are completely immune to, I mean, they are specifically a power ranking. It's basically a power ranking with Vegas, which is who's playing the best and who is the best at that particular moment. And they're not going to be fooled. Again, a schedule strength issue would be, for example, if you played Tennessee last year when Hendon Hooker was starting versus playing Tennessee when Joe Milton was starting, well, the polls and the college football playoff and the formula is going to view that as the exact same caliber of game. But Dave, you and I both know that's not the same game. You didn't play the same Tennessee team if you played them with Joe Milton versus Hendon Hooker. Or if you played Alabama when Jalen Milrow was starting versus when Alabama was when Bryce Young was starting. Vegas will see that, but the pollsters won't. Here are my thoughts on how much Vegas should be involved. People get this confused a lot, Caleb, and, and you gamble, so you, you don't, but the goal for Vegas is not to predict the winner, okay? It's not to say um, such and such team's going to win by seven points. The goal of Vegas is to make the betting even on each side so that they make the juice. They make the 10%. So you bet $100, you win, you win 90 So they want to make the juice. They want the betting on each even on each side, and that's why the number will move throughout the week. So, Caleb, my, my my problem with this is that I maybe it helps with strength of schedule, but do you end up at a point where Vegas is making decisions over who plays where? That that scares me, and it, it also scares me a little bit that it, it it is it is a there's a potential there for athletes especially college athletes but we've we've seen these issues in college and in the pros to be even closer to gambling and i think you and i would probably agree that the sport has overcome drug scandals major league baseball has overcome steroid scandals but if you have a big gambling scandal that's kind of the one thing at least to me caleb maybe you don't agree that if i thought there were Donaghy's running around Tim Donaghy, like in the NBA, if I thought they were running around like crazy in college football, I would have a huge monster problem with that because to me, you've turned it into days of our lives. It's a soap opera. It is no longer the, the, the ending is determined. What I love about sports is I didn't know that Tennessee was going to beat Alabama. I didn't know that 
uh, TCU was going to make the college football playoff. It was all undetermined. That, to me, is the advantage that sports has over any other sort of programming. And this is programming is ultimately what it is. Caleb, so that scares me a little bit that you might somehow get closer to Vegas and then closer to somebody trying to manipulate the outcome. If that happens, I don't know that we're, we're, we may be talking about Taylor Swift instead of the Vols and the SEC every day, because that would be very disturbing. Well, this is where I think Congress does need to step in. I think they need to stay out of NIL. They need to, I'm sorry. If you're, if your school isn't putting up as much NIL money as another, as another school, find a way to do it. Tough break. Okay. But I will say, yeah, like don't, I agree with that. Yeah, Congress stepping in for NILs to save businesses from themselves. It's not the it's not the player's fault if the business made a bad investment. Don't blame the player. Nobody else. So stay out of NIL. It's, but gambling is a different story because gambling, if you're betting on a sport you play, how is that not the exact same thing as insider trading? That is the exact same. There's no difference between that and insider trading to me. Win or lose. That's why people say Pete Rose just bet on his own team, which is debatable. But if he just bet on his own team, that's wrong. Yeah. If he just bet on his own team, that's absolutely wrong. And also because when you're betting on your own team, when you're not betting on your own team, that sends a signal to the to the bookmakers and to the book to the bookies and the odds makers to maybe skew the odds that day. And maybe people won't bet that day. So it still skews everything with Vegas. I, I, I hate when people are like, oh, he was just betting on his team to win. That still is a huge, huge issue of one insider trading and two skewing the odds in Vegas that's not supposed to happen. Especially in baseball because you could run a guy out there that shouldn't be throwing in June so that he's ready for August or September. Right. especially in baseball, but the same thing could happen in football. If you've got a, an offensive guard who could, he could go, but maybe he shouldn't go because you're playing UTSA and you want to cover. I mean, that, that to me, you, you don't ever have to bet against your team for it to have a, a very negative impact. And by the way, yeah, uh, like Travis, maybe like Alabama leaving Tyrone Prothrow in the game. <laughs> which was dumb already as it was, but like you could have a lot more of those if coaches are betting on their team to cover. And you would wonder now at the time, Nick Saban was big about guys playing special teams. So I didn't wonder, nobody wondered. And I don't think he would ever bet on his team, but I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that something like this could happen. Bassie Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth a drive. If you're in Chattanooga or Nashville or how about even Knoxville? It's worth a drive because of their buying power. You're, you will save thousands or tens of thousands of dollars at Bassey Lawn and Garden. Bassey.com to learn more. Man alive, it is worth the drive. So do you think this is real? Do you think Josh Pate's theory might actually come to fruition in terms of the strength of schedule thing? Or is this something fun to talk about in June? I think it's something fun to talk about. I would love it. I think that's the most effective way to do strength of schedule, but I don't think there's a the I don't logistically think there's a way they could do it. I think here's what they're going to do. I think the college football playoff committee is going to not officially, but unofficially summon Vegas to break down to strength of schedule. Um, but it won't be on the record that they do that because I, I, you are with me. I don't believe the college football playoff committee watches every game. You will not convince me ever that they watch every game. It's physically impossible. 
Yeah. Do you, do you do you think that the SEC is aware of when they set the schedule for the upcoming weeks? Do you think they have a rough idea of the point spread because they want the closest game to be on? Well, the, in the past, the CBS window at three thirty. Do you think they have a rough idea of that? I think they actually think, no, I don't. I, well, I think they have a rough idea, but I don't think they base a schedule on that. They base a schedule on what's going to get the most viewership each week for just games that are a draw. Even when Florida was okay, dominating but me, Tennessee, but let Florida me Tennessee was always one, on CBS. Okay, but let me stop you for one second. The most viewership is probably going to be the closest game, and you want the games to be closer at the end, which your uh, Tennessee-Florida uh, thought, flies in the face of this it makes me look stupid but you're right but if the game's close at the end you le- lead into your cbs programming that's the theory that's why before sunday night football that those three those 430 games were so big because they would lead into what tick 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 60 minutes and 60 minutes always got incredible ratings so you do want the game to be closely yeah, I never thought about that. That would be up to that would be CBS's responsibility though. And with Tennessee, Florida, they only thought ratings at that point because they did not care that the game was in hand in the fourth quarter and that Florida was winning by thirty. I mean, they still were running the game every year, which right was kind of they, they got the because of Tennessee, they got the Big Mac with one patty, not two, because they weren't close in a lot of those games in the nineties. And they, they didn't yes. get both, but the, the, they still got the premier game of September. Um, no question about it. All right, Tennessee with a new coach. And these these analysts that come in, we can call them whatever we want to, but they're essentially coaching And at a lot of the schools. I'm not going to say Tennessee, but uh, a lot of the schools, when the media is asked to leave, these coaches run out on the field, which is an NCAA violation. Nick Saban started it. Butch Jones did it. I mean, it's it's pretty commonplace, and I don't think you would get in in that big of trouble. It is Corey Robinson, a Saints assistant defensive backs coach, the past three years. I want to get to Willie Martinez and Tennessee's struggles in the secondary. How much of that is his fault? But first, tell me about Corey Robinson. Is this a significant pickup? He's a defensive assistant, and do you think he might be the heir apparent to Willie Martinez? So, yes, Corey Robinson is a guy who went to Central Connecticut State in the 2000s, then coached high school in Baltimore for about six years. One of the spots he coached at was St. Francis in Baltimore. That's where Tennessee's built a mini pipeline, if you want to say. Dominic Bailey hails from St. Francis, and so they've Got some guys there. Then he went to Toledo, Temple, Rutgers, Maryland. But he spent the last three years with the Saints, meaning he has worked with two former Tennessee defensive backs, one who played under Josh Heupel and Elante Taylor. But he also worked with Bryce Thompson. And Elante Taylor is still, until Darnell Wright was the best draft pick Josh Heupel produced out of Tennessee. So I think he's very familiar with what Josh Heupel does. I and think Tennessee Josh- would be familiar with him because all you got to do is call up Alante Taylor and say, hey, man, I helped you become an NFL player, and it didn't look like that was going to be the case. Uh, what do you think of this this guy that we're thinking about hiring? So I think that goes both ways. Yes, exactly. No, that's very true. So I think this is a very intriguing hire. And, look, Willie Martinez is a longtime journeyman. I don't, I don't think he's he, – he, he reminds me of Larry Marmy back in the day. Remember him? 
Dave, defense coordinator at Tennessee. I do. I do. Um, and... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I don't. I don't mean this to sound mean, and 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 I'm sorry if it gets back to him and he cares. But Willie Martinez is is a great recruiter, and Willie Martinez is not a great position position coach. And Tennessee has not had a great defensive back uh, coach since Kevin Ramsey in 1998. Can you? I, I thought you might be able to fill in a blank, but it's not Larry I mean, Slick, who took over in 99. He was horrendous. Um, I mean, the simple fact is Dion Grant went to the NFL early because they decided to retain Larry Slade. Who, who I mean, you, you were more in it when I was covering recruiting for ESPN. You were covering Tennessee still. I, I mean, am I missing somebody that's a great So I thought, Der- I thought Derek Ansley was great his first year in 2019 with Tennessee, but Tennessee secondary was so bad in 2020 when Pruitt got fired. But I don't know if that's on Derek Ansley because Pruitt, we all agree Jimmy Pruitt's a good secondary coach. I think Tennessee's – I think there was just a lot of issues in 2020 overall. So I thought Derek Ansley was a pretty good one. Before Derek Ansley, you know, Terry Fair coached the defense for a year. And I wasn't sure he was that bad either, but I think Pruitt did kind of force him out to make room for Derek Ansley. Um, well, I mean, I, gosh, you put me in a tough situation. I love Terry Fair. I did a show with him for a year. Um, I, I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great individual. I think he's a great man. But, um, you know, if, if you look at what he's doing now, it's not coaching. So that was either partly because of the personal – toll it can take on on your family or he wasn't very good at it and a lot of times those are are one and the same so i you know i think he wanted uh to coach uh but i don't think that um i don't think you necessarily wanted to spend the time and i can't blame him i wouldn't want to by the way on his wikipedia page uh, it says he also co-hosted the drive a sports talk radio show that aired on wnox in knoxville I get no mention of that of being the co-host and name of the dad blame show. Nothing there. I mean, wow, I Dave. Nothing. Not that I'm an ego guy, but for goodness' sake. Oh wait, what about this? Okay, here's an interesting one. The Kevin, your Willie Matt Garza. What about what about him? I thought. I mean, Eric Berry did win the Thorpe Award that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was solid. I give him that. Yeah, I'll give uh, him that. Yeah, yeah. But somebody so, needs to. Can somebody? And I mean, when Jeremy Pruitt was head, let's get back to that. Can somebody? Address... <laughs> I don't have a Wikipedia page. What oh do you have to God. do to get a Wikipedia page, Caleb? You've got to get famous. Hmm. you who's okay. famous for their integrity. That's City Heating and Air Conditioning, CityHeatAndAir.com. Over fifty years in East Tennessee, integrity matters. Sometimes you don't need a whole new unit. You just need a part or you just need some coolant, well, the other guys are going to tell you, spend $10,000 on that new unit. Don't do it. City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. You will absolutely love them. And when the temperature is getting hot, some of these units are going to fail. They will not fail like so many Tennessee defensive backs coach. Hey, let's try to, before we get out of here, let's try to answer Rocky Top Tom's trivia question. This is a good one because I don't know. Uh, Rookie Top Tom, it, the Caleb Calhoun show. Is he wanting to rename the show? Is that no? That's oh, Rookie no, Top right. Tom. Trivia question: Who is the only player coach to win three national titles, both as a player and a coach? I expect great things from you, Caleb. Don't let me down. 
Wow. It has to be an Alabama guy, right? Well, okay. And a coach. Air Bryant played for Frank Thomas, I want to say. Was it Frank Thomas or Wallace Wade who he played the for? The first baseman from Auburn? No, not the first baseman. No, no, no. There was a legendary Alabama coach named Frank Thomas. Oh, I know. Um, but, like, again, see, here's the trick on this. Nobody technically has a three-peat as a national champion. So they, so they had to have done it three times in four years. And you couldn't play three. You could only play three years until, what, 1970-something? So it's, it's yeah, somebody Yeah, because freshmen weren't eligible. Yeah. So it has to be somebody – Okay, is it? Is it? A, is it is okay, we're going to tease this to tomorrow because it's yes. probably not great podcasting to uh, sit there and watch you think. So we will have yes, it on tomorrow's true. show. He's Caleb Calhoun. That's a good one, Rocky Top Tom. I hope you didn't just make it up. Uh, he is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave <laughs> he Booker. He's us. Yeah, just threw it out there. <laughs> Who's the only coach and player to win eight national titles? Wait, Caleb just. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it because Rocky Top Tom gave me the hunt. Bud Wilkinson. Bud Wilkinson. Very good. Nice. Okay, we'll leave you on that. This Bud's for you. Off the Hook Sports. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.